0: Welcome back to the Melissa Stetcher Conversation. This is part two. If you haven't checked out part one yet, should be in your feed, go check it out because you're going to miss some context, but this conversation just continues to be great. Tune in.
1: So I... I always encourage a starting line of habits. Have a visual community habit space where everybody can see it. But honestly, like I, like I, this is where you're gonna start it and you're gonna sit down and you're gonna, as we would say, find Jesus with the whole home team. Because too many times we don't have that conversation and then I'm looking at you resentfully. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? And I, I encourage, you know what, let's let's come, let's have an honest conversation with anybody that's comprehensive of it. Like don't bring your toddler to the table, no. But bring your kids to the table, bring your spouses or to the table and be like, look, this is draining me. And I feel like I'm either I'm being taken for granted or I can't handle all this responsibility. Can we meet somewhere to balance our home team? So then we can all live intentionally together.
0: This whole thing actually ties together well as far as labels, societal expectations, this general sense of culture. And one of the things that you do when you consult with a family around organization is the first question, the first thing that you work to do is break down the gender roles and ultimately say, we're going to work as a single unit. Given everything that we just talked about, how is that typically received by your clients?
1: I mean, it's kind of like that. <laughs> no, my husband will never do that. Oh, my wife would never let control. And I'm like, OK, well, call me when you're ready.
2: Mm. Can we go a step back and say, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, when you say break down gender roles, what does that mean?
1: So I work with a lot of people that feel I'm trying to find the right terminology, like the pink and blue roles of a 1950s housewife right? All of my chores go inside. All of your chores go outside based on the body parts that you have. So that those are, those are the shifts that I help people, you know, just because they're dishes doesn't mean he can't wash them. And just because it's the yard doesn't mean I can't mow it.
2: I'm laughing, but Things it's like not that. funny. Like, so you're, you're <laughs> like a, you're like, you're a professional organizer that kind of also relationship counsels. Yeah.
1: Oh hell no, no, Mm-mm. no, no! If you want to keep your ugly parts in the bedroom, I don't went in on that.
0: No, I'm, I'm no. messing. I'm messing with you. <laughs> why is is this your approach, and why is it important to you?
1: Because I've lived it.
0: Can you? Can you?
1: I, I've lived it.
0: Can you expand on that?
1: Can I elaborate? Um. <laughs> Yes,
0: <laughs> uh, my 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 introverted so, guest <laughs> who is going to get dug into yeah. now maybe a little too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, you're pulling Rodney. <laughs> I need help. Just hold Keep the flag up. up. No.
2: Right.
1: So, for me, it's important because I hit a snapping point, and I realized I didn't want my son to think it was normal. Right, it's not normal to be stressed out and. Resentful and mean at home. Like, that's not something I want you to accept. And so for me, that was important. But it's also, I don't want him to feel a sense of entitlement because of how he was born. So if I'm not raising him to think that less stress is an option, and if I'm not raising him to think you're damn responsible for as much as you are responsible for, you need to pull up those big boy panties and deal with it. I feel like it's my obligation as a mom to make him a productive, problem-solving, less stressed human. Because then he has the opportunity to, to fulfill himself and then give back when he is of age and when he chooses to do whatever he chooses to do.
0: What was the root of that stress that kind of led to this breaking of traditional gender roles in the household for you?
1: my control issues, (laughs) my need to, you know, be that perfect mom, be that perfect partner, be that perfect female image of what you're trained to do, right? Be the good girl, have the dinner made, have the house clean. Everybody's on schedule. Everybody's active, but I'm managing it all and I'm in control of it all. And I think all of that programming that I didn't realize was programming really led to a snapping point of this may be what I've always been told it is, but this is no longer going to be it.
2: How did you break it down from that point? Like break down the programming or reprogram?
1: I cried and drank a lot, but I also, I mean, right. Like there was a lot of crying involved, but I also, I had to figure out how to let control go for my own self. So I had to, open the conversation of, all right, kiddo, what do you feel comfortable learning, right? What are you going to learn this week? What tools do you need to take this over completely? So letting go of my control and me doing everything by this way or having you do things this way because it's the right way really needed to go. So we just did it. I mean, we did it one one little thing at a time. When my son was eight, he started doing his laundry but I gave him the tools and techniques to maintain it himself.
2: I have recently come to the conclusion and you just, you just gave a really good example that control is easier. Well, it's easier in the moment. It's harder in the long run because teaching is really hard in the moment, but better in the long run. Like, cause to teach it, you got to really understand it and understand them and what they need and all the like, All the steps that you do are just like habit for you and to actually detail them all and explain them and, and show them is really, it's hard. It's extra time. It's like, no, I'll just do it. Like I can get it done in five minutes versus taking an hour to explain it.
0: And it becomes harder because the relevant importance is different. So to your son, having spotlessly clean laundry may not matter. He just needs to get his laundry done. Whereas you may say, why didn't you do stain remover before? Because now you have stains. And he says, because I don't care if I have stains. And you say, but I care if you have stains. But mom, He'll you want like, me to do my laundry. Now, mom. Well, you can't do your laundry anymore. And it's, it's almost letting go of the equivalent end product to let them care about it. However, they care about it and accept that it's getting done, which is really hard especially for moms.
2: Melissa, perfect mom. You gave us kind of what it meant. What does it mean to you now? Mm.
1: I mean, other than just being me. <laughs> so I think I think the perfect mom is to realize that's not a thing. It's not a... Perfect is not a thing. 100% true can be a thing. I think being honest, being true, and just being you that could be the mom I could manage. Perfect based on my own eyes would be just being me. Perfect based on your eyes or Instagram's eyes. Nah, that's not a thing.
2: When I think that would be, that would equate to perfect. Like as I think about it, as I watch my wife and I watch, I think back to my mom, it's like the moments where they are them or when my wife is herself or when my mom was her. Like that was,
0: those were the best moments. So you talk about this programming, right? Because there are certain roles that certain people gravitate towards in the relationship, but oftentimes there are roles that are forced upon women and mostly by these social dynamics. How was it programmed for you?
1: It was very much programmed that all things inside were my responsibility. Like even to the point of when I bought my first house, right? Not me and a partner. I bought my first house and I was told, well, I guess you better find a man now. So somebody cuts the grass and I'm like, um, or, or I could just buy a lawnmower and cut the grass. Right. <laughs> so it was, yeah. it's very, even to this day, like of a certain age of a certain sex, the programming, I'm still breaking through. Like, I don't want to climb in the attic. There's bugs. So I'm like, well, somebody's got to climb in the damn attic. So, it's still discovering those things of what I was programmed to be and to handle is still in discovery to this day.
2: That statement. Well, you got to find a man now to cut the grass. Like, do we wonder why relationships are such a shit show? Like, that's the reason to find a partner or to stay with a partner? Like, oh, well, you know, does the landscaping really good? So. Everything else is cool. Like, I don't know, like, man. And I'm sure the per. like, if we had the person here who said it, they'd be like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. But, like, that stuff gets said over and over and over to children and to all of us, and that's what seeps into the consciousness, whether it's unconscious or conscious. And that's what becomes, I think about it, like, Keith, for you, like, I learned the gender roles in the house through my parents. And it wasn't a... Just like they learned it from theirs. And I don't, if I go talk to them about it right now, I bet they wouldn't say, oh, well, dad has to do everything outside. Mom has to do everything inside. But that it's just where they gravitated naturally because that's what they learned. And without thinking about it, like that's just what I would do.
0: And those are those, are those things that get seeded into our brains at early ages that we observe and we see. And it's once someone's ready You break it down because there's this fine line between gender roles at a societal level. This kind of goes to your perception of nerd as self, but not societal nerd. Because like for me, I mostly do the dishes, but my wife and I split it up. My wife really likes a neat and orderly house. I have a different standard, so I'll clean it up for her. She does a lot of that. The
2: exact opposite is his standard, P.S.
0: Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. We both have... We both will weed, like we both do everything. I, there are certain things that we do that may be gender specific. We both do our own laundry, right? Like my wife does her laundry, I do my laundry, and we'll we'll mix up the kids depending on who's doing laundry that day. So we have certain gender specific roles, but not because of that social it's just because that's how our our household functions best but it's pretty equally distributed but it's a thoughtful thing like you guys have have determined what your roles will be versus yeah
2: just being like well in my house like this is how it goes
0: so how do you help couple and i say all that to like how do you get them to not necessarily just shy away from what they're gravitate to to distribute the workload appropriately but at the end of the day to get them to distribute the workload so that there's not so much load on one person in this case the the wife or mom and or mom
1: so i i always encourage a starting line of habits have a visual community habit space where everybody can see it but honestly like i like this is where you're gonna start it, and you're gonna sit down, and you're gonna, as we would say, find Jesus with the whole home team. Because too many times we don't have that conversation, and then I'm looking at you resentfully, mm-hmm. like, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? And I, I encourage, you know what? Let's let's come, let's have an honest conversation with anybody that's comprehensive of it. Like, don't bring your toddler to the table. No. But bring your kids to the table, bring your spouse's owners to the table and be like, look, this is draining me. And I feel like I'm either I'm being taken for granted or I can't handle all this responsibility. Can we meet somewhere to balance our home team? So then we can all live intentionally together. I wanna come to you full and happy and hopeful and be like, dude, thank you so much for doing that. Now we have time to do this together instead of, are you freaking kidding me? I have to do the fucking dishes again by myself, right? So there's that hard conversation and it's gotta be like, we are intentionally gonna take this time, sit down and are you willing to meet me at home team plate and we can be managing this home? Are you good with me looking at you resentfully and me managing it all? Because either you're gonna be okay shrinking into that role Or you're going to hit that snapping point and be like, you know what? This isn't worth the damn relationship anymore. Mm. And so I I always encourage people to start with this habits.
2: I don't think many couples intentionally, like nobody wants to be resentful or regretful. And many of them don't necessarily believe that the gender roles have to be so. However, they've never thought about it. And so it just is what it is. And then one person's getting shitted on or feels resentful or is like, why do I have to do all the work? Or they're both like, why do I have to do all the work when they're probably just doing enough to get by and they're just not talking about it. And so you're introducing communication into the equation. Yeah, like you said, it's, intention. It's
1: required. Intentionally talking about it. Like, I think you have to, if you want to live intentional with the people you're sharing a home space with, which... If you're sharing a home with somebody, those are the people you want to be honest and intentional with, in my unwanted opinion. But I feel like you have to have that conversation because nobody wants to grow ugly together. You want to grow and shine Mm.
0: together. So when you work with clients to set that community habit space, like, do you help them start it or do they that's something you give them guidance and coaching around because you're not in the relationship therapy game to sit down and work through on their own.
1: It depends, honestly, in that comfort. I've done both. I know some people, like I have, I've worked with a mom, a single mom and her son, and their biggest struggle was routine and laundry. Well, he was preteen or teen at the time. And I'm like, okay, so the three of us sat down and I'm like, okay, buddy, what do you feel comfortable with? I mean, you are a smart kid. You can do all of this. I believe that you can do this. What tools do we need? And what day would work for you to take over doing your laundry? And so then it, it already starts that conversation, but it takes it off the mom's shoulder in this instant of going, well, today's your laundry day to go do it. you right. So I think having that third party, that filter can sometimes help you know, now it's no longer you're telling me to do this. It's this person going, okay, how can we bring you guys together? But I mean, sometimes there's there's it's uncomfortable to have a stranger come talk to you and your husband, especially if it's already a unpleasant, more or less situation. If it's just like a, he's not gonna go for that. I'm like, I don't even wanna be there then. Okay, that's cool. But I think it's it's dependent on the situation and the openness of everyone involved.
2: In that situation, there's a very human element as well, because we don't tend to volunteer to do work that we don't have to do. And so for a child, like they're just used to mom or dad, like the parent doing the laundry. So then when it's their turn, they're like, wait, wait hold up. Wait, what? Like, this is new. So that's just like, a, like the third party. I can see why that would be very helpful in that situation to help bridge this old state to the new state.
0: One of the,
1: But I um, think building on that, Rodney, I think part of it is that control, right? And I know as a mom, it's my job to do your laundry, but giving up that control of, okay, like, it's my job to teach you to be a productive human. So I think giving up that control mm-hmm. of the actual small detail versus that bigger picture at the end, I think that's, that's where the self, the self-conversations need to to be happening.
0: One of the um, unfortunate aspects of our human condition is that we think little children are incapable, incompetent human beings. And oftentimes we don't even think of them as human beings, um, they're children. And we, as a foresight to having a unit where everybody does their chores, and we learned this through some parenting books, and I'm curious to talk to you both and get your take is like my oldest is four so she has a nightly chore at the end of it, every meal yeah night job yeah she she goes out 15 bucks an hour minimum wage no she has she goes and she has to put something away like it's not an arduous thing. So maybe she sl- if she says she wants to sweep she'll sweep for her chore. My two-year-old will help empty the dishwasher when we're emptying the dishwasher just because she wants to. So like getting them involved at such a young age so that when they're of functioning, collaborative, competent, routine age, then it's less of a, like they're already learning that unit-based collaborative approach. And I'm curious was it something that you started early with your, I mean, it doesn't sound like because you took on so much based on your programming, but did you teach your son at an earlier age to do certain things, Melissa, to make this transition for him once you were ready to make it maybe a little easier?
1: No, I feel like I started late with him. When he was really young, I was the one that went to work and that I was the one that came home and cooked and mm. cleaned and picked up the mess from the stay-at-home dad at the time. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with stay-at-home dads. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with his dad, but I'm saying I let that situation be like that. So I feel as if Mm. I could have started earlier with him had I recognized my own control Mm. programming problems. Yeah.
0: Rodney, does Ruby do any chores? Oh, she's, she's
2: she's yeah, she's got it. She does stuff. I think very similarly, like, just kind of as she's capable, like, I think the most recent thing is, uh, taking her dishes from the table to the counter, like, just, just like little things that she can help with. But, and then, but then the baby, like she, when I start sweeping the floor, she'll like, she wants the Swiffer. She wants to like mimic along. So I'm like, yeah, Ronnie, let's go. You like, sweep? let's just What? You're not supposed to sweep. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? What's wrong with you? That's not your job. You're... Uh, yeah. So I I like that idea. I think they are far more capable. It's, uh, I think I, I, I went to like a Montessori school growing up and they kind of have that, uh, there's a term, I think it's Swiss, some, or maybe, maybe the term is actually Montessori, which is Italian of having like things that are like their sized so that, so that they, you know, like chairs and tables and cabinets and so that they can mimic all the things that you're doing, which is, you know, it's, I guess it seems kind of commonplace, but you know, through books and whatnot, like I've seen it now. I don't know how commonplace it was when I was growing up or before that To Well, I, I know it was less common to include kids. And so I was like, you guys go sit over there and be quiet. See, kind of a hurt. mentality.
0: Good old Dr. Spock.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> See, not hurt. Sit at the kid's table.
0: So I, mean, I, you know, we don't have a lot of time, but I am curious, like, it sounds like based on your upbringing, this was pretty hard-coded expectations. Like, not necessarily subtle observation, but pretty out there. Am I reading reading that correctly?
1: From my perception, yes.
0: Yeah. Where'd you grow up?
1: Uh, born and raised in Indiana.
0: Born and raised. How hard was it then to make this shift?
1: It is. I mean, it's still hard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I, I very much it? know
1: I'm... I am the weirdo when it comes to our home life and our practices. And it's hard for people stuck in a box to understand that. Do you have, but I also know it's very with us.
0: Do you have to explain it? I shouldn't say, do you have to explain it? Do you find yourself ever defending it because of the encoding that has been given to you to those people who gave it to you?
1: I feel like that's back to the relationship. Like I know they're very comfortable in their box and we are very open with the concept of you go over there and do you, I'm going to go over here and do you me. I'm going to love you, but we're not always going to meet in the same place, but we're not always going to have those conversations. But at the same time, I get those calls, you know, from the generation that raised us of like, okay, we're both in retirement. I'm going to kill him. If he doesn't do the damn dishes, what do I need to do? Mm. So I think it's, there's a very, you know, I don't understand what you're doing. And then that transition of, okay, tell me again, give me my language. And I think that people don't realize it's relative regardless of your generation, regardless of your programming, you're going to hit that resentment point at some point in time, unless the conversations are had.
2: Mm. I have two things I really want to ask you, but we're going to have to follow up on them. But what I will say is Melissa I enjoy talking to you and I really appreciate
0: what I'm saying, right? Like she just get the kind energy. It's fun to talk to her. Like I enjoy the space that she creates. It's, it's good. And
2: I want to thank you. And I have our final question that I will drop out there, but yeah, we'll, we'll have some more conversation because there are a couple more things to dive into. But for the last question, what does compassion mean to you?
1: I think compassion is the openness to sit in somebody's suck with them.